look, we all know what this cold open is going to be, you see. Something about me being the devil and doing bad things and tricking the women and something about how I love pudding, putting roofies and drinks, putting my hands on your butt, putting my dick where it don't belong. That's it. That's the whole cold open. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. No, right, because he's not in jail for it. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome to episode 37 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we travel back to February 6th, 1981, and the release of two highly disturbing films, The Devil and Max Devlin, starring Bill Cosby as the devil, and Elliot Gould as Max Devlin. See what they did there? And Fort Apache the Bronx, starring Paul Newman, Ed Asner, Danny Aiello and Ken Wall. Ken Wall. That's right. It's Ken Wall. I always forget who he is. Um, Yes, 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 yes. But before we jump in to those two cinematic offerings, Fred and Dan, where were you tykes in February of 1981? You can just call him the poor man's Travolta. Or the, yes. the destitute man's Travolta. He was trying to be Travolta so hard in this thing, and Travolta wasn't available. He kind of gets to um, share the screen with Paul Newman. I know. That exactly. time. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. What were you doing? 81. Uh, second grade, Mrs. Casey, who had the... Uh, who was the figure skater that had the hair that, that sort of was in a bob? Dorothy, like Dorothy Hamill. Dorothy Hamill. Okay, Mrs. Casey had the Dorothy oh. Hamill haircut. She was lovely, and I had a big old crush on her. But 81 is a really, which means this is the 40th year, 40-year anniversary of the international hit that came out January, February of 81, a little song called Shut Up You Face. <laughs> oh it goes a little something like this. Really? What's the matter you? Hey. hey. Got to no respect. Hey. hey. What do you think you do? Hey. hey. Uh, why you look so sad? Hey, it's a not so bad. Hey, it's a nicer place. Ah, shut, shut up, up your, your face. face, Joe Dolce. Shut up your face was wow. constantly on Doctor Doctor Demento at this time. I'm sh- I can't rem- believe you remember that, that. Not a big hit in the states. Not a big hit here. Big hit internationally. <laughs> not say, surprising. Big in Italy, where it was a, a sensitive portrayal. <laughs> They're huge in Japan. Big, huge in Japan. He had that, they, he had that live album, Live at Budokan. Yeah. Where he just, right. they, they just played that song over and over right. and over again, and just to screaming fans. The cheapest trick. Yeah. Um, the, the cheapest trick of all. The cheapest trick of all. No, that, that, that song, song was is, ever made. That song plus the mafia are why people hate Italians. That's mostly why. But I remember that song coming out at this time. Joe Dolce. Remember? Joe Dolce. So I did not know. Dol- no, you no said clue. the name. I'm like. I don't know who this human being is. <laughs> Nobody does. I Nobody thought, shut does. up your face. I thought that must have been from like 1960 from like somebody's, <laughs> you know, communion and somebody, like somebody's <laughs> uncle drunk it at a microphone. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was like, a, you know, I knew it was released. A as modern a classic. I didn't, know, yeah, I didn't know it was classic? from the 80s, technically. 
Does Joe <laughs> Dolce hang out with the same guy who came up with the uh, the rapping Duke? Oh, and God. other one-hit wonders oh, like that. God. I've got that clip. We used it before. When I was, you know, in second grade in the '80s, the only albums I owned were A. The Bay City Rollers, B. Funny Bone Favorites, and other albums like that that had all these ridiculous things on it, Funny including Shut Up Your Face, and C. Anything by KTEL. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Which was are huge. like today's, you know, now what I call music. Now what I call music, call right, music. right. This was that of that of that era. So we That's had, my right. sister and I had every one of these, Kate, anything KTEL came out, we would get it. Because you'd get a Duran Duran song, and then you'd get 16 songs you never heard of. <laughs> that was my childhood. What are, your, what are your memories of this time, Fredo? Oh, boy. Well, I was in third grade. I was at Munsey Park School in Mrs. Tall's class. T-A-H-L. Uh, and uh, ironically... She was not very tall. What? Wait a minute. Crazy. Oh. But this was, I realized at this point, I was building up into my career as a budding uh, movie fanatic fabricator. Because oh. this is leading up to the spring of, uh, this is you know, Raiders. This time almost. Yeah, and, so. Yeah, and the I, birth I, of the movie guy. Yeah. The movie guy. <laughs> and I think what might have led up to this, this was a, tr- you know, I, I was I was pretty happy during all of elementary school. I really enjoyed myself. But this was one of those traumatic periods that I always go back to. I think about this all the time and maybe because I have kids of my own and I would think about this, but because second grade I loved, fourth grade I loved and third grade, there was always a blemish on it. And it was because I got, it's probably around this time, two things happened to me. One, I got caught cheating. <gasps> I was tall because we had these things. I don't know if you guys had it. We, it was for math and there were these folders these file folders in the back of the room and they would have our math lessons on them. And they were, it was like laminated lessons Mm. and you'd go and you would take them, you know, be like level one, level two, level three. And each one had like four or five pages or whatever. And you take them and you had dry erase markers and you would, you know, do that. See, that's, you do your math and write things on there and you'd erase them, I guess. So they could just be used over and over again, Mm -hmm. but it dawned on me, but also in those folders, they also had, a laminated sheet of paper with all the answers yeah. on them. And one day it hit me. I'm like, why don't I just take the answers <laughs> at the right here? So I did that. It just seemed cr- like it just hit they're me one day. They're like, practically telling you to take them. Exactly. It didn't make you sense like, to me. You're like, it's kind of silly not to check if I'm right. <laughs> Before, Before I, I actually about think about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I remember thinking, I can't be the only person who's thought about this before, but maybe I am. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm like a mad genius. Maybe I'm like the budding uh, QS or something. So I, I uh, hey, that's queen sucker for, you know, new time. One first time listeners. <laughs> one time listeners. Yeah, one time listeners. The fuck are they going to talk about a movie? What the fuck is this? Yeah, after my Dol- Joe Dolce story, everybody's a one-time listener. I'm a big fan. Jesus, last week they were talking about Arcadia. This week they're talking about Shut Up Your Face. I like fuck exactly this. two movies, The Devil and Max Devlin and Fort Apache the Bronx, so I thought I would check this out. But so far, color me unimpressed. <laughs> so, Thank you, Ken Wall, for that review. <laughs> what are you, a wise guy? Thank you. Oh, and thank well you. Done. And that's segueing us into our first not a movie. Wise guy. Oh. So anyway, yeah, I so cheat. cheat. 
and Therefore I bring you it are. up, and then I yeah, and I bring it up to Mrs. Tall because then she's going to check things. And I remember her asking me, "Well, how did you get this and that?" And I couldn't answer. I didn't know how I got them, <laughs> and she figured it out pretty quickly. Mm. So she basically was like, "Okay, you are not allowed." to get the the math problems yourself. Like you have to tell me when you're going to go. And when you, when you do them, you have to come to me. So mm. she caught me cheating and she was basically saying, okay, I need to watch you now. You don't, yeah. uh, you lose that responsibility of going and getting it yourself and working on yourself. Oh boy. And it was, you know, absolutely humiliating. And I also, I, I also, I also remember, I sound like the, the singer from uh, the devil and Max Devlin. <laughs> uh, I also remember at this time, we had to take swimming lessons and I, I don't think I knew how to swim at this point. And it was a real big thing because when we got to the locker room, we had to change and none of the boys wanted to change into their bathing suits. And I remember one day and it was also just like, okay, who's going to get changed first? Who's going to do it first? Who's going to take their pants off first? And finally, <laughs> I'm like, ah, fuck it. I thought I was being so brave. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking do it. And I just dropped trow put on my bathing suit and everyone's like, Ooh, Fred's a stripper, Fred's a stripper. And I thought I was being really brave and sort of individualistic and be like, come you on were. guys, grow up. It's just a penis. The human body is beautiful. I didn't say that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's all look <sighs> at it for a while. <laughs> Go ahead. But the, the, the bigger thing is I didn't know how to swim and all my friends did it this time. So I, told my mom I went home and I was so upset. I'm like, they called me stripper and I don't know how to swim. <laughs> and, you know, my mom was trying to give me some tough love and be like, oh, you know, screw them. And here, put this condom costume on or I'll, I'll make you, I'll make you a funny octopusy birthday cake. It didn't work. So Here's I was finally cake. like, no, I'm not going. So my mom called the school and was like, oh, Fred, he can't go swimming. He's got an ear infection or something. So... For the next couple of weeks, when all the kids would go, I would stay. And all this to say, I think these bad experiences led me to start lying about my movie-going experiences. Mm. <laughs> and it, this, this, this is where it all turned for me. That this would is all where make it all, sense. Yeah, where I became pathological. I think <laughs> <laughs> it all came from the from the from the trauma of being the first one to drop their pants, which you usually are in a, in every room. Usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You've you've really overcome any kind of stigma that you <laughs> yeah, might you have really developed about that. Bravo to you and to that's, your therapist. <laughs> and being caught cheating. I was in fourth grade. My teacher was Mrs. Rusden. Unlike Mrs. Tall, she was a very tall woman. Mrs. Rusden was quite a quite a tall drink of water, and um, <laughs> I had a huge crush on her. I had a big crush, like Dan with his teacher. Um, Did you date her? A little bit, because that, that, that always we, seems that always seems to be the theme. That it's like you dating yeah. the older women for a brief when period you were growing of time. up. No, come on. Um, but you know, but we had it was you know there was a little frisson. Um, <laughs> no, we were you know, we were friends. Um, Which no, figure skater's hair did she have? Did she have a figure uh, skater's hair? No, I'm, I'm no, she did not. Oh, but okay. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of whose hair. Like, there's got to be somebody on TV whose hair she kind of resembles. A little bit of uh, Marsha Strassman from uh, from uh, uh, Welcome Back, Carter, Dave Kaplan's oh, wife. Nice. A little bit of that nice. kind of hairdo going on. This was the year I started going to. Uh, there's something called the uh, Bosies had the, this uh, thing, the Gifted and Talented program. And yeah, you took sure. tests. G and T. You took tests. Uh, it was like fourth grade. You took a test and. And then they were like, okay, now you're going to two days a week. You're going to yep. spend half a day 
off campus at another school or or facility and take different types of classes, take all, all sorts of stuff. We took photography, we took uh, mm -hmm. electrical wiring, we took um, uh, Greek. That's the big thing I remember is I learned some Greek. I learned how to write in Greek, speak in wow. Greek. For, again, for a brief, sadly, I don't remember anything. The only thing that literally the only Greek phrase I used with any regularity is etsy ketsy, which means so-so. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> eh, Etsy Ketsy. How'd the test go? Eh, Is Etsy that why Ketsy. you named your diner the Etsy Ketsy Diner? <laughs> exactly. Because Back in uh, 92 when you opened that? just wasn't that good. But I was like, you know. Um, but I really liked, but the teacher's name was Mr. Nicodemu. And um, we read the Odyssey. We uh, we learned how to make baklava. We, I mean, we, just, we, we learned about Greek myths. And then we, we had to come up with um, superheroes based on our favorite uh, Greek myth and something, and I. Uh, That's wonderful. Yeah, that it was sounds fun. like a blast. I had a character. It doesn't make sense ultimately, but I had a character called Minotaur Man, which doesn't make sense because a Minotaur is half man, or, <laughs> or, or right. So it didn't really make Yours sense. Was more but, man than Minotaur. And I did one of my first plays. I always forget about this, but I did. We did a Greek play, a play in Greek. I don't remember the plot so much. I just remember there was a guy named Barbayani and he had his children and they were selling pottery on the streets of Athens or something. I'm pretty and sure this was, was a, a Jane Fonda movie where she's scantily clad and running <laughs> yes. around. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. I, mean, I guess I just I, I had gotten a free weekend of HBO and I'm conflating the two things. Barbarelliani. No, Barbarelliani. I remember reading the reviews for that production. I think it said, <laughs> Exiketsi. <laughs> Etsy Ketsy. There's, there's a Gene Shower review. He said, Exy Ketsy, Exy Sexy. <laughs> More like Exy Sexy. It's all, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> Jason O'Connell's Minotaur Man. He can Minotaur this man <laughs> anytime. Any <day>. Shelling <laughs> pottery? More like. I don't know. Smelling the lottery because he's won it. <laughs> With this fabulous performance, uh, uh, it was fun, and I had a little toga, and I'm selling, and, and we sing, and it had like some funny lines and stuff, and you know, it's interesting great. when you're getting laughs in Greek. You're like, I guess I'm doing something. I guess I'm I'm selling this. Did you really, do it for other Greek people? Did they get a translation? No, or we did, did it for other children who couldn't care less. We did, it for, <laughs> we did it at some community center. Maybe there were some Greek people there. I don't know. But I remember having a good time. And that, that is very always fun. the way it went in Gifted and Talented. You never knew what the end game of any of it was like the first oh, time no. you were doing like art for art's sake, you know, whenever mm -hmm. they threw you into any of these projects and you never got any real guidance or you just were kind of left on your own. It was like yeah. it's kind of like going to Montessori school for a couple times a week, you know, from what I know, idea. from what little I know about that. It's like, okay, you're going to go. Yeah, I remember vividly like going over to this place called the Avenel Learning Center, which was like a couple towns away from where we, very close to where we grew, grew up. And they were like, yeah, you're in, you're in G&T. And uh, today you're going to um, make something from these materials, you know, and it was like cardboard and markers. And, mm -hmm. and you're going to tell us all about, you're going to be an inventor. So if you were to make an invention, what would it be? You know, and we were all stared at each other. We were like, anything? Yeah, anything. Go for it. And they put put us in the team. I, of course, they're with you're with a stranger from another school. You know, <laughs> what would you what would you make if you were this? Uh, you know, I, I bet I will bet you we all make the same goddamn thing. You're you're given you're given some cardboard and some markers and some colored pencils and tell us what tell us what this is. 
Cardboard boobs. <laughs> Robot costume. No? Um, I remember making a board game. I remember all these different things that we did now. We had to make our own board games. Like we got put off in groups like, like make, come up with a board game, come up with the rules, That's come fun. up with a thing. And, and, and here's the materials to make that. That's wow, what made me think you guys, how come I wasn't in a G&T program? Well, I let me start we the reason. Know. Number one, you were a cheater. <laughs> Number two, Mrs. Tall kept you out of there. It's Number like you guys three. sold your soul to the devil or something. Eagle's nest. It's, oh, I see uh, what you've done. Anyway, in case anyone was waiting with bated breath, I made a flying car. It was fucking stupid. <laughs> it was fucking stupid. I, I was like, can the wings go in to the Not car? If it works. Yes. If it can worked. they come out? Boom. No, it didn't work. It didn't was Homer make dumb. one of those? On uh, yeah. Wasn't that something? <laughs> yes. The Simpsons. It was so fucking stupid because I had no imagination and no guidance. And it was like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll make a car, Aww. but wings no, will but come out of the sides what else would you have made? That's like, this was probably around the time when I made my Condor Man car, right? Is this when Condor Man yes. came out? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Same so year, that was I all think. flying cars and shit. That's, yes. That's, and that's Megaforce came out. Oh, no, the next year. Next <laughs> year. Later, yeah. Uh, you know what I remember about this? You, you, this just popped into my memory. You were talking about songs. This was around the time that I got introduced to Shel Silverstein. Yeah. And where the sidewalk mm. ends. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. a light in the attic. And I remember we would always, in Mrs. Tall's class, we would read them to each other. And I was so excited because in one of them, there was a there was one of his poems was actually called Fred. And I would always get excited. She would let me read that. Aww. But I remember I wrote my own. I was so into this stuff. And, and I still have it. I have it written down because I have my original copies of those books. And I was, I came across this a couple of weeks ago. I was looking through the book. I wrote my own Shel Silverstein, but it was a song. Mm. And I remember, and I drew pictures and it was called uh, Big Mouth. And it went a little something like this. And this, I'm not making this up. And I, and I have a, I'll take a picture. You? No. I'm sorry. It didn't go. <laughs> it went, Big Mouth built a house, yeah. Big Mouth built a house, yeah. He lived in a hut and he made it out of junk. Big Mouth built a house, yeah. He didn't know what to do. A boy smelled his butt and said, P.U. <laughs> That's it. That was my Shel Silverstein. You could have I, written this yesterday. This is yeah. so Fred. I, it's I, I, still you, Jason. You read my mind. I was like, how did we not sing this every day in college? Because this was like, <laughs> this is just like I'm gonna have a picnic in your vulva or any of the other dumb songs you, but brilliant songs you wrote in college. Uh, I wish we could get back to that great Devil and Max Devlin segue. But I'll tell you, the stories you told were were rich. Adam Rich. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right. No, that's sadly Adam Rich was in this movie. <laughs> it's not a it's not a comment on your segue. It's a comment on uh, the casting director. It's the Devil and Max Devlin. Bill Cosby El Diabo. Elliot Gold and Max Devlin. E as coisas começam a esquentar. You're going to send me someplace horrible? Unless. 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 What? What? I'm not going to let you do this to me. When slumlord Max Devlin, played by Elliot Gould, dies in a freak bus accident, he goes straight to hell. But the demon, Barney Satan, played by the demon Bill Cosby, makes him an offer. If he manages to get three innocent youths to sell him their souls in the next two months, he may stay on Earth. 
Max accepts and returns to Earth equipped with special powers. However, his task is harder than expected, especially when seven-year-old Toby, played by Eight is Enough's Adam Rich, demands that Max marry his mother, played by Susan Anspach. One of the least Disney-ish movies ever released by the Walt Disney Company, The Devil and Max Devlin earned only $16 million at the box office. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of The Devil and, might I add, Max Devlin? Guys, I have such fondness for this movie. Oh, you've seen it. That's right. I, so, and it all, <laughs> the look on Dan's face. <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> I remember watching this over and over again when it was on WHT. And I remember what, like when you mentioned this movie was coming up, I mean, I haven't thought about this movie in decades, but when you mentioned it, I thought, oh God, I remember watching that all the time. And when I started to watch it, it all came back to me. Mm -hmm. Every single goddamn moment, I remembered everything, like all as it was unfolding. It was, it was unbelievable. Such a rush to me. Now, is it a good movie? No, here's the thing. <laughs> I think it starts off pretty good. I, now, I can see why it was controversial at the time for being a Disney movie because it's, it's, well, okay, here's something interesting. It's not on Disney Plus. I know. Do you think that's, right. do you think that's because of the whole Cosby thing? No. I do. Okay. I, I, my guess would be because it's more because of Cosby than because of subject matter or certain things okay, in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it might have been both, but certainly because of the Cosby yeah, thing. I, I, I yeah. think you're right. I agree with that. I think as I watched it, I was like, immediately I thought, this ain't on Disney Plus and it's yeah. for an obvious reason. Right. But that's before I okay. even started watching it. So, yes, I think it is both, Dan. I think you're right. Okay. I have been in this business 52 years and I will, I've never seen anything like this. I, I I thought it was a pretty scary depiction of hell for a kid's movie. And I, again, maybe it was just because it all came back to me. I remembered all it so vividly. All those bodies falling into yeah. hell when yeah. he was standing and the, the screams, yeah. The screams. The and that guy, screams. I remember that guy, like the main devil, going, no good. Like, mm -hmm. it just all came rushing back. So I really enjoyed the beginning and I thought, I, I, I hate to say it, but I thought Cosby was pretty great. You know, I mean, it makes sense because you realize what an evil motherfucker he, he is. But <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that it's not a comic performance at all, that it's just very, very understated and sinister, really. Which I, I liked in the beginning. I, I mean, I think he's I think he does a good job. I, I liked uh, him in it. He's barely in it. It's very misleading. Yeah, he's barely he's really barely, barely, barely. There. Yeah, I have been in this business 52 years and I will, I've never seen anything like this. It, for me, it was more fun just watching me like, holy shit. Oh my God, that's right. The kid, the blonde haired kid in the motocross <laughs> who's in, who's, you know, we have two actors this week who are in total recall. Dan. Yeah. Correct. Did you know oh, that? Wait, yeah. That, that kid was? and Rachel. Yeah. Tickerton. Rachel yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's one of the, um, the guys, he works in the lab. He works at recall. Yeah. A recall. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. so yep. And he's also from splash. He's, he's one of the idiot he's brothers the guy. from splash. I, I, oh, he is in splash. Right. Oh yeah. That's right. I did not remember that guy at all. I was like, boy, this is the only movie he's ever been in as no, far as I knew. He's been he's in a lot of things of this era. Yeah. He always plays sort of adultish, you know, he was good. He was very good. Well, that was the thing. And everything just kept coming back. Keep coming kept coming back like the singer i just remembered everything and i remembered the um you know the little shaving cuts on his face it, what is it, that about why is well he, you, you know it's yeah. so funny in the, the beginning i'm wondering knows? what the fuck what does that mean it's because he can't see himself in the mirror 
That's why he keeps cutting himself. No, they do make a joke later. Yeah, she makes the woman that Adam Rich's mom, and that's why she gives him the electric razor. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. I what? totally missed that. I missed when that. When does she completely. give him an electric razor? Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, like shortly before they get married. Uh, pfft, I must have checked I out. I totally missed that because I was like, there's got to be a reason for this. And yeah. I was like, he's, and I was like, it's constant. Why is anybody talking to him? Why is she kissing him goodbye when he gets on, pl- like he gets dressed up and he's got toilet paper all over his I face. Know. I was like, it's a bit much. That's, that's a very funny joke. That makes sense. I didn't, it makes sense, it didn't but clock it doesn't, with me that he yeah, couldn't see, all I knew he couldn't see himself me. in the mirror, but they, it's like they put that in there and then I didn't remember it being cited again until nope, the very the, end she mentions it later oh, i wow. feel like they must have cut because i they was confused too and i'm thinking that was the one thing i remembered as a kid it's i remember disorderly's magnifying glass it's the exactly. same thing <laughs> yeah oh my God. depends you're on something so that got right from the you're yeah. so right you're so right as soon as he started to deal with the kids it was like all sense of time and space just disappeared <laughs> and like sense and logic plot Script, character, <laughs> filmmaking, uh, prowess, editing, presti- uh, 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 talent. I mean, j- all of that went away. Respect. Right? Respect. Itself, yeah. Um, post-production. I have been in this business 52 years, and I will... I've never seen anything like this. It all went away, Fred. It all went I away. I honestly didn't think it was that bad. Again, maybe I'm looking at Frederick it more. You've got, you've got fond memories of it. So I have nostalgic memories. Nice. But I, I, I didn't think it was, I certainly didn't think it was awful. There was a lot that didn't make sense. Like I said, she recorded a song, then the next day she's number 38 on the Billboard charts or something. Oh, yeah. And he was just with... Adam Rich the day before like you're so right about the timeline though because I didn't I thought like oh it was uh, I was like oh how is he with them when he's supposed to have just been with her forget that doesn't he have two months in total right that's the yes. place two months and she goes from never having sung in front of anybody before to winning the Grammy yep in two months she does the release she's a superstar phenomenon and she wins the grammy so i didn't even clock that that the time was that ridiculously skewed but dan you look like you want to punch someone i know he's so mad about this one i'm mad at jason for picking this movie (laughs) i'm mad at you for liking it i'm mad at the disney company for making it i'm mad at amazon for carrying it (laughs) I'm mad at my TV for showing it to me. I'm mad at this room for not kicking me out of this room as I was watching it. Um, there, here's what they did, as far as I can tell. They gathered some scripts. One was Faust by Goethe. One was Dr. Faustus. One was The Devil and Daniel Webster. Then they took those Oh, and the fourth one was Oh God, You Devil. <laughs> That's what I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> they ripped out of Oh God, You Devil, pages 16, 32, uh, 94, and 106. <laughs> they burned the rest of the pages and all those other scripts. <laughs> they took the pages that they took out of Oh God, You Devil, put them in a food processor, <laughs> fed them to Marvin Hamlish. He shat them out. And you ha- and then they gave this movie to Bill Cosby and Elliot Gould and said, would you like to be in this movie? And they said, this looks like shit that came out of Marvin Hamlish. They said, would you like to be in the movie or not? 
Cosby was this, like, I've got three Thursdays for you. And Elliot yeah. Gould was like, I'm wide open. Like, <laughs> it was like, all right, then you're the devil and you're Max Devlin. <laughs> now go. Devil's only um, on several pages. We have a, they said, we have a budget. It will be mostly used for motocross. <laughs> motocross, <laughs> which a grand total of zero people cared about then or now. <laughs> and they said uh, the rest of the budget will go to concert sequences where we hear the same song, the same horrible, awful, uh, interminable song that thankfully now is finally gone from my memory. You I've never heard a song you played this much. I know. Don't worry, be happy was less overplayed <laughs> in a decade than this song. I couldn't. It kept reminding me of uh, that thing you do, but that was the po point of that movie. That was about a one hit wonder about a band who just has to keep playing the same song over and over and over. Yeah. Again. Disorderly's worst movie we've seen. This, a close second. A close no, second. No. I'm sorry. She's the one still worse. <laughs> then Disorderlies. Then this. Wow. I would watch me. If hell for me were watching Meet Wally Sparks on a loop I, and not this, I'd be happy with that. If it were wow. this, I'd be like, send me to the sixth circle or whatever. Because it's got cute Adam Rich from Eight is Enough. Cute Adam Rich, whose mother runs a daycare, a six, whose <laughs> widow mother runs a very successful, she's a self made woman, runs a daycare. A, lets her child go to the carnival unsupervised, alone. That was creepy. B, has clearly never had the stranger danger talk with her son nope. because a, a strange man comes up and says, I'm your new uncle. Would yep. you like to go on rides with me? Here's some candy. Here's some stuffed animals. Now I'm with <laughs> you and I'm going to come to your house. What in the living fuck? No wonder this isn't I'm on Disney marry because they get Sued. Wait, hold on. Sued. So we're we're not supposed to do that at carnivals? <laughs> <laughs> this is why you weren't in gifted and talented. This is why. <laughs> this is lesson one. I know I learned it in Greek, but <laughs> <laughs> this movie is morally bankrupt. It has no script. <laughs> To speak of, it has Bill Cosby in the middle of it. I don't think Bill Cosby is good. I think he is phoning it in and going. Oh, I disagree. Uh, I think and, he's very and good. And going, um, here's here are you're mistaking no point of view and no choices for subtlety. I'm sorry. Oh, there's nothing no, going no, on no. with him. There's nothing going on with him. He I don't want no to defend. I, I disagree. I don't want to defend Cosby at all. But I think I actually think the scene. Where, I, to me, that he he actually has a lot of stakes in this, and I think, that especially in the beginning, when he's teaching Elliot Gould how to use his powers, he's pre it, it, it's it's that's what was so surprising to me. Although it, it wasn't, because now that we know who Cosby really was as a human being, like you see it all there. There was <laughs> he was manipulative. Yeah. He was slightly bullying in a very backhanded way. He wanted something. He wanted something out of this. And there were stakes for him in this. And that's what I found so interesting. And also, again, slightly terrifying because we know he used those powers for his own evil as well. I'm, I'm right in between you guys again I because I, I do. I have notes in here saying that I liked him. I thought he was interesting. I liked the laid back quality to it. And then I have 
other notes saying it seems like maybe he doesn't know his lines. He's like mm-hmm. awfully slow with stuff. There's something laconic and kind of bored about him that he seems yeah. bored. I don't like, think he wants to I be there because he forward. knows there's really no upshot to his character. There's no payoff at all to his character. So he knows that because he's read the shit script and he goes, well, I guess I'll just show up for the paycheck. I have been in this business 52 years and I will... I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. This movie made me angry and angrier and angrier. I want all copies of this destroyed. I'm calling Disney. <laughs> I, I I didn't feel as strongly about it as either of you. I, once again, I'm like right in the middle of the time. I'm very Etsy Ketsy. Oh, don't get me wrong. One. I didn't love the movie. I, it brought back nostalgia for me. Yeah, but you got some pleasure out of that. And meanwhile, yes, yes, Dan right. wants to write his congressman. So there's uh, clearly <laughs> like there's a there's a deep divide in where you guys felt. I'm going to start my own podcast called the anger cast it will be mostly about this movie and she's the one we'll just go back and forth just, just between exact the two constant movies. examinations of those two of the uh, deep dives into these two movies that's your hearing the people involved and yelling at them that's what happens if you get hit by a bus and go visit bill, bill cosby <laughs> you just have to hang out with mike mcglone all day mike mcglone and the director of this he's like I, here's two dvds watch them forever <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I thought Elliot Gould was very. Uh, I'm not a. I don't know a lot of his work. I guess I'm not a big fan. I mean, he's I. ubiquitous in the 70s, 80s, and you know, and forward from there. But I I've I thought he was thought very he was wooden good. in this. I thought he was. I, yeah, I've never thought he was good. He I was <sighs> like this the way I I always see him as like able to able to string sentences together. Kind of kind of there. Kind of no. Just just doing doing by rote what somebody told him to do in this moment he, he had know, a look very- of concern on his face <laughs> the whole time but it was kind of like eh. there was actually a part where he like jumps up on a couch so mecha- it was so like uninspired it was like so doing clearly it. like the director said and now get on a couch yep. and as he gets on the couch and he's jumping up and down he says it's so basic it's so simple those are the words he's saying while he's on the couch and i was like that's that's right it is so it's so yep. basic, you so simple. It. it was very kind of like you say, rote. There's something very rote about his uh, his performance as a as, yep. as a leading man in this, and uh, and I found that of Cosby's performance too. I have to say, I kind of found it of everybody except, uh, you know, I I thought that like you said, the motocross kid is at least he's good trying to do stuff. You know, he's trying to do. Stuff. I, there were times he had a when great I, line. He said where he says um. Uh, because they call him a nerd and he goes, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a nerd too. Cause he says that uh, you begin the, to believe the litany of disaster you were brought up on. That's a huh. good line. I actually thought that was a really good line. That's pretty good. They biff it on the climax of the movie. Yeah. There's no climax. He beat the devil, right? Mm-hmm. There's no upshot of him beating the devil. There's no final confrontation between him beating the devil. We don't really know how he beats the devil. We don't know that. Well, it's not like explained in any way. Because he made good, he choices, made good choices and he, he sacrificed and himself. whoop de fucking do That wasn't in the goddamn contract. Cosby exits this movie after his very scary, you know, appearance as the goat version of himself. Okay. I remember yeah, as a was kid right, being right. terrifying. That was, that was Cosby in that makeup. Oh, that for was, sure. Yeah. That was terrifying and hysterical. I think was we like, found our poster for this week if we can get a picture <laughs> of that. That was incredible. It that was, scared the hell out of me as a kid. 
Yeah. That, and that's the, when I started to watch this movie, that was the part I remember. I remember thinking, oh God, I think there's a part at the end where like Cosby really turns. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. It gets really scary. Have him show up in the mirror at the end and go, you beat me, Devlin. How dare you? The fine print or something. You know, <laughs> some, some final something. It's the devil. You and Max beat Devlin. me, Devlin. Not, not, not Max Devlin versus a mirror and a couch and his new wife. <laughs> and then we get a singer for the last 15 minutes. I yeah, hate you're right. Everything about this. I've really said almost nothing about this, but I think I'm Dan's sorry, Jason. Kind of I keep no, cutting no, no. you off because of my anger no, issues. Not, it's fine. I got nothing. I got nothing much to say about it. I, I, I don't disagree with. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, Dan. And I really don't disagree with some of what you're saying, Fred. Like I <laughs> kind of, but you know, I thought Cosby had something interesting going on but by the same token i was like i can't tell if this is just subtlety if he's like you say dan if he's making a choice or if he's just kind of checked out and just underplaying it um which you just don't expect even from the poster it looks like he's gonna be like oh i have things in store for you you know he's got a a mischievous look on his face you expected mischief in the movie and there's there is none it's no mischief no transaction yeah the whole thing he really is i think they say he's in a i want to say they they say that cosby's an account manager of some sort in hell and and that seems like that kind of kind of pedestrian (laughs) (laughs) you know um yeah. flavorless uh, job yeah. description seems right on par with kind of what he's, Hell's he's doing accountant. in the movie. Who um, cares? There's a, clearly a lot on the editing room floor, but I don't have a, a strong yen to see it. <laughs> to see, well, I don't want, I'm not looking you don't for want to get the director's cut? I'm not looking for the special edition to be <laughs> re-released it and go to the, the now defunct Ziegfeld and stand online to, to watch it. But um, Ghoul shot first. <laughs> oh, that's what Adam Rich said. Um, <laughs> Those scenes were creepy. Oh, that was so creepy, creepy. Ass, I was like, thank God it's not the other way. I think it's not Cosby playing this. Like, come on, oh. we'll get some candy and then it's- take me over to your mother's house. <laughs> it's every picture of like when you got highlights for children of like, don't, this is what a stranger looks like. It's everything without the trench coat. I hate this how many sheilas just negative six okay negative should just go negative six 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 perfect negative (laughs) six 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 the reverse number of the beast (laughs) this is uh, i have to lower my grade of she's the one only to make it worse than this so that's six six seven now negative I'll give it like three. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a three, too. It's got I've a nostalgia never, factor for me. I've never seen anything like this. So we were talking last week about, you know, waiting online at the Ziegfeld to go see Star oh, Wars when mm-hmm. it came out. And I said last week that I have no recollection of Meet Wally Sparks. Well, apparently I knew it very well. And I don't remember this because he was saying that when we were waiting online, there were all these camera crews there. And I don't know if you remember this, Jason, but Mm. the camera crews were going up and down the line and filming people and asking like, oh, are you excited to be here? And Jonas said that when they they came to us and they put me on camera 
And they said, are you excited? And apparently I said, I can't wait to watch Meet Wally Sparks. I'm so excited. <laughs> that makes sense. Now that you say it, well, it's a very you thing to say. So I absolutely <laughs> believe, Jonas, that it, that it happened. Um, yeah, apparently they weren't thrilled. No one was thrilled. Well, <laughs> the cameraman or my friends around me. And I was like, you you oh, idiots. Like, like all of that tape is gold. Like they, <laughs> they, yeah. Like they use everything they shoot. They're like, they're like, save the comedy for the, uh, for the anchors. <laughs> Lester Holt had, had a bit he was going to do, but <laughs> I don't know who was doing the news for NBC in 1997. Save the comedy for Gould and Cosby, all right? Oh, God. Well, listen, the only thing, the only thing bleaker and more That's hopeless <laughs> than the Devlin Max Devlin might be Fort Apache, the Bronx. It's a, it's an uplifting week of films. That's right. It's Fort Apache, the Bronx. They call it Fort Apache, but they're not playing cowboys and Indians. This precinct is the clubhouse or a freak show, but the house of the law. It's the last outpost in the urban wilderness. Paul Newman, Ed Asner, Ken Wall, three men fighting back on the new frontier. Fort Apache, the Bronx. Paul Newman is Officer John Vincent Murphy, a New York City cop who presents as a tough cynic, but who in actuality is a compassionate moralist. His crime-ridden South Bronx precinct is nicknamed Fort Apache by his fellow officers, who feel like they work in an outpost in an enemy territory. When an innocent boy dies under suspicious circumstances, Murphy's quest for justice earns him the wrath of his fellow officers. Also starring Ed Asner, Ken Wall, Rachel Tickerton, Pam Greer, and Danny Aiello, Fort Apache The Bronx earned $29.2 million at the 1981 box office, and its television commercials gave this young boy from Long Island many a nightmare about the city that would one day become his home. <laughs> Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Fort Apache The Bronx? Uh, this movie reminded me... Um, yeah, you're exactly right, Jason. This movie reminded me of like everything that your parents told you that was <laughs> bad about New York, yeah. everything that your grandparents told you, every reason to not ever go to New York. Oh, yes, yeah, that thing across the river. Don't go there. It's incredibly dangerous. Right. It's crime ridden. It's dirty, dirty, dirty. Don't go over there. You'll be killed. Yeah. That, Every th bad this, news story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you constantly on the news, you'd see things about the crime. I mean, this is before, you know, and certainly, certainly not to the Bronx, unless you were going to Yankee Stadium, you were not venturing to that borough. Right. No, that was yeah. sort of this, you know, world that you were never to go to. This the Bronx and Alphabet City were the two. Play I The same yeah. thing. The, the commercials scared me. And just hearing the yeah. Bronx and the term Alphabet City, even though I didn't really know what Alphabet City was at the time, yeah. I just knew if I went there, I would be killed. If you speak of it, I will probably be killed <laughs> by a murderous drug dealer and yeah. His hoe. So don't even talk about it. So yeah, I couldn't even like movies that took place in either of these areas or around. I was the same way. I was like, just turn off the television. Just forget yeah, about it. Was it was just scary. It was like it was like seeing a commercial for the goddamn shining or something. It yeah. was like it was like, oh no, right. the Bronx. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Fort Apache. It's a war zone. I mean, I can remember that from the trailers being like, oh, it's a war zone. It's like it, it, to me, Fort Apache, the Bronx, and Escape from New York it might yeah. as well have been the same movie. Like the, yep. the feeling of like 
that's it. It's a police state. It's like barbed wire everywhere. That's I have. Im- yeah. I remember images from this. What I thought was this movie that must not have been from this movie or Me its commercials too? That's because so there funny. were things that I really felt it was like them at like uh, in some sort of bunker with like with like really barbed wire is an image i have for this movie huh. and i don't think we ever see barbed wire at no. any point and but we do but there are moments in the middle where the kind of where the 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 killing i mentioned in the in the um, opening description occurs when those riots begin and it feels like right. oh it's going to devolve into pure like just the city's on fire the bronx yeah. is burning God. when i was watching it i kept thinking i wonder if david simon was a fan of this because it really reminded me in many ways of The Wire. I don't know if you guys ever watched that no, series. No, it's one it, I know. You, I we know should, that we you should, love we it. We should yeah. get off the podcast right now and you guys should watch it. You said it. that last yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's And it's I will brilliant. never do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it in 20 years. I'm not going to stop podcasting immediately to go work at it. But I appreciate your enthusiasm. It, it was very similar, especially the ending really reminded me just sort of like the futility of it all. You know, oh, that just ending. keep right. just going around in oh, circles. Yeah. It, it, this was a really, this is a, a weird movie for me. I, I really enjoyed it. And then as soon as it was done, I thought, wait, did I like it? Because same with there, me, Fred, same there here. There were certain things, there, there were, there was a lot of it that reminded me of a television show. Like almost it was like a, like a TV, Feels like, a, like, a, TV like a cop, cop procedural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the way that kind of Magnum Force did a little bit in that kind of way, like Streets of San Francisco, that reminded me of that, you know, yeah. this kind of reminded yeah. me of like, and I it's so funny because. <laughs> yeah, me too. too. Me too. And it's so funny because right around this time, Hill Street Blues comes out. Well, Hill Street Blues was based on this. What? Well, I, read, I read somewhere that Hill Street Blues was based on this movie came out and they said, let's do Hill Street Blues. Yeah, couldn't that's be hysterical. Because totally. it but I said uh, I was like, oh, the um, that actor, he's he's wonderful. He turns up in a million movies at this time period. And I don't know his name. I should look it up. But he is I believe he's wearing a yarmulke in the one scene. Oh, that yeah, he's terrific. He's, and he's a guy from War Games. The uh, yeah, so he's, and he's from Annie. He's the he's yeah. the, uh, the the laundry guy in Annie that Carol Burnett seduces. And, oh, uh, that's right. Uh, he's, he's in so a, he's in a million things at this he's time. Great. But he gives that speech to the, the you know, to yeah, the, a la the Hill Street Blues. And yeah. It felt very Hill Street Blues to me saying, <laughs> but, but saying like we're moving targets. We can't let them think it's open season on cops. I, yeah, I, no, this was I, uh, this this spurned that apparently spurned. I, I, is that no, not spurned. Spawned, is not the word. It spawned, spawned it. Like a jilted lover. <laughs> it spurns a lot of things. But <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think what makes this movie work. I mean, it's Paul Newman. He's Paul Newman wonderful. is so good. And I, and I mentioned this uh, when we talked about the sting. Paul Newman was a guy as, as an actor. He was never on my radar. He wasn't a guy that I, I knew him. You know, I knew that he was a living legend, but I wasn't, I couldn't call myself a Paul Newman fan. But he's, I mean, and I said this about the sting too. He's got charm to spare. And quite frankly, and you guys, I have a feeling you guys are going to disagree with me on this. I thought Ken Wall does as well. And I thought the two of them together were were really great but man it's it's i you know i was just thinking afterwards was it that i liked the movie or was it that i just liked newman i liked parts of the movie i thought yeah. parts of the movie were great let me let me put it this way i i was never bored i was never like oh this is mm-hmm. terrible there were mm-hmm. a few things that i didn't really understand there especially with the pam greer storyline uh, there was that one scene with the razor blade in the mouth. Oh my God, that was harrowing. It oh. was awful to watch, but I just thought, well, but what's the point? Because that never really... I think it's just to show, and this may be my utter ignorance, but I think it's to show that heroin makes you murderous and violent. You know, that heroin... The angel dust or whatever. That, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, 
that, I guess that maybe um, makes yeah. you makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And if you and and in her case, it's kill people. Right. But you know, I guess the problem was, and, and in, in reading up on, on this movie, this was a very controversial movie, which I didn't realize. I mean, people oh yeah. did not want this movie made because of its depiction of African-Americans and Hispanics in it. And that's why. They have a title card that exactly. says, like, they have that title <laughs> the people card, of the yeah. Bronx, there are good people in the Bronx, too. Yeah, and they, they, right. they put that in afterwards. They I'm put sure that they in did. afterwards. I'm sure they did. But the disparity is palpable almost. Now, again, you know, there's another great speech in this, and it's by the old captain who's retiring. He was great. And he's like, look, here's the situation here. You got a 40 block area with 70,000 people packed in like sardines, smelling each other's spots, living like cockroaches, and that's Dugan's fault. You got the lowest income per capita, the highest rate of unemployment in the city, and that's my fault. Why aren't I out there getting all these people jobs? Largest proportion of non-English speaking population in the city. Dugan's fault. Why aren't they out there teaching them to speak English? Four percent Spanish-speaking cops on the force. Hey, Dugan, get your ass out in the barrio and recruit families that have been on welfare for three generations. Youth gangs, winos, junkies, pimps, hookers, maniacs, cop killers. Why are these people forced to fall back to drugs and to, you know, to turn to this life. Yeah, you know, what's what their story, in, right? What puts them in that position? Um, and you also don't get the stories of just the, you know, I don't want to say the normal people, but like the just the, the, the regular oh. residents of that area. Yeah, you sort no of do when the riots come. They're not humanized. They're not humanized. Only the cops are humanized. There's yeah. no fleshed out character other than the nurse. You know, yeah, there's right. the cops and the nurse. Who right. I thought was wonderful. She's great. The relationship with her She's and great. Paul Newman, I could have watched a whole movie of that. I, they were terrific. The scene together. in the bar was wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Everything. The, the scenes the in the hospital date. where they flirt and they, I was like laughing. I was like, yep. hey, God, they have such great chemistry together. Great His chemistry. Care for her, his care of like, look, I know you're, I know you're on the H. You can't just do it casually. I know you're on I'll it. I'll help you. So I I'll access. help you. Yeah. I'll provide it for you and help you get off of it. Like he's basically being her, See, her helper. Yeah. You know? So you can, he's like offering to manage it so that she can do exactly. it responsibly and not have exactly what happens to her and not get oh my God. some bad so shit in her system. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. She was surprised. I was surprised how good she was only because I, I was like, why do I know her? And I thought, Oh, she's Total the girl recall. from Total Recall. Totally. Yeah. And That's like the only other movie I know her from. Fine in that. You know, but I, I really liked her in this. I thought, wow, just exactly what you said, Jason. That chemistry was oh, fantastic, fantastic and it, surprising. You know, because there was totally. something about the movie. I kept thinking it was going to be more of like we've talked about Serpico and we all watched it. And maybe I need to go back and watch that movie again. But I seem to remember our biggest complaint about that movie is that Pacino's great. The rest of the supporting actors don't top. really rise to his yeah. level. It seems very bad 70s TV. What and you I reading, Serpico? Exactly. Ballet. And I kept... I kept expecting that of this movie, and I was constantly surprised that it was a really good supporting oh, yeah. cast. You know, you got like Dominic uh, Chianese pops up yeah, there. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, Danny Aiello's great. Austin. I mean, everyone, Aiello was wonderful. Yeah, he was it's, 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 let me and let me tell you something. 
that fight, and I complained about <gasps> oh this with 48 mm-hmm. hours. Remember I was saying that in 48 hours, the fight the between thing. Nolte and Eddie Murphy, yes. I felt like wasn't dirty enough. That was one of the best, just like down and dirty, great. fist fight so brawls. Good. Murphy, come here! Murphy! What are you talking about? They got the little chicken who's hiding up there behind a the junk pile. Watch it! Yeah. They got me and Corelli, too. Hey, number one police work. Poor kid wasn't barring nobody in front of You shut the fuck up. Oh, you fucking creep. I wish I was man enough to turn you in. Yeah, it's interesting and it's actually nice to hear that there was controversy at the time about it because, you know, yeah. it seems like the type of thing you watch it and I'm like, oh, this is a pretty solid, pretty well-made movie, which I really wasn't expecting, even though Paul Newman was in it. I really thought, I guess because I even can remember that it was controversial or that something about the the, the portrayal was uh, simplistic and lopsided and defensive and all of that, word, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and so... I kind of remember that and I always thought, well, this is a lesser movie. This is an exploitation flick, basically. Um, As you say, we never really get a true window into these other people, into the the actual citizenry or even the even the quote unquote villains, the, the, you know, uh, the drug dealers or whatever. I mean, it's really very, very thin and very um, stereotypical. And so that stuff. Not that I drifted during it, but that was the stuff that made me lean back away from the movie mm-hmm. as opposed to the character stuff, which I, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I thought it was going to be much more of like a war zone movie, like kind of beginning to end. I thought it was just going to be like just a lot of shooting and and yeah. and, and, and uh, crime. But there's long sections that that are character study of cops in that place and that time. And yeah. I liked all of that a lot. Yeah. This is the time before body cams, the time before cell phones, the time before acts of police brutality are being captured the way they are now. And there is a line between the cops who are imperfect but trying to do it right and the guys who have either came into the job as monsters or transformed into monsters by, you know, by the incessant brutality and, and, and everything else that they have to deal with. You know, what I love about Newman and Wall's character is like, they know everyone, you know, it's mm-hmm. like they know the, uh, the, the, the drag queen who's going to jump off yeah. the roof, yeah. you know, they, they, they stop, they, they know the pimps and the hookers and, you know, he says like, he might have been, yeah. yeah, it's our community. So it's like, it's a little okay, weird. We, like, keep that off the street. Just keep that, yeah, the, the pimps beating Pam Greer. Yeah. It's like, take it off the street. So yeah. again, yeah. Yeah, highly flawed guy, but but yet trying to be like I'm more, I'm operating in this world, I'm moving in this world and trying to like well, it's that thing of like you peace, can't just oh, you can't just haul everybody in, and that's right. what Ed Asner starts to do, right? Exactly, right. and that's, and that's why it doesn't work because it's actually Fort Apache is actually a sanctuary, yeah. for people. Hey, Carl. Hey, wait a minute. Come on now, think it over, huh? Hey, look, you can become a star if you wanted to. Go ahead. Hey, put on a wig. Let's see what the wig looks like. Is Tom Snyder here yet? No, he said to wait for him. Tom! He said to wait for him right here. Tom! Tom Snyder! Tom! I wish they dealt with that a little bit more. Me too. About the people who are just trying to live in this neighborhood. Like, this is where we live. And, you know, they, they 
kind of do, but not really when they go to deliver that baby. That's like the only time that you go into <laughs> the home of someone who's not a criminal. Yeah. And uh, I what sort an amazing of wish- tracking shot through that railroad. That was a great a tracking great shot. shot. Yeah. And, 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 and the scene where she's actually giving birth and Newman's helping her and you're just looking yeah. at the wall and her rosary beads and the little like pictures of saints and stuff on the wall. I thought that yeah. was beautiful. It reminded me of what you said about fast times. When I was just going to say Jennifer flip Jason side Lee. of that yeah. scene. She's losing her virginity and it's just yeah. what she's seeing on the you know under those yep. uh those bleachers or whatever it, it, there's something about that like just the images of like what the girl must be looking at on the wall or focusing on as she's breathing yep. and she's 14 years old giving birth and it's oh. all the all the religious iconography in her home around her i, I thought that was great i thought there's a lot a lot of great stuff and i i think the moment that kind of speaks to exactly what the issue is is when those crowds are outside protesting and mm-hmm. the you know, the, that kind of old guard guy who's ready for retirement who greets Ed Asner earlier in the movie. He's great. Uh, they, they, I can't remember the actor's name, but I think he says his name is Anthony Pantuzzi. That's the, the, the yeah. officer's name. Yep. And he's like, you know, let them get it out of their system. Let them, let them and then yell and away. scream and protest yeah. and feel heard and they'll, and it'll disperse on its yeah. own with little time. This happens every so often. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll take care of itself. And he's like, Give me five minutes to Hampton, we've had these things before. If you just kind of let them blow off steam a little, they go away. Give them five. Then release tear gas into the crowd. Fucking turn on the news a few months ago, and yeah, uh, and, and we're doing the same thing. Peaceful Very protesters. Prescient. So it's like it, it it's it, this hasn't stopped. It's this sort of idea of like law and order, law and order, law and order. It's always against people of color, and it's yeah. like, and it always goes this way as a show of force, and it always escalates things. It never yeah. fucking de-escalates. And this is, as you said, it's a very prescient thing, and it's always been the problem, and it continues to be the problem. I didn't, I didn't like Ed Asner in this. Um, oh, I did. I, I didn't think he was, I think Ed Asner, and first of all, I think Asner and Newman watched Guys and Dolls and decided that that's what New York accents are. Because they're saying stuff like tree and utter. And oh, I like their accents. Other, oh, they're I, I terrible. Awful. I, didn't have, I didn't have a problem with no, it. No, they're from an old-timey cop impressed. movie. I was impressed with Newman's accent no, in this, no, no, actually. No, no. They, they should have been listening to Aiello. I wanted to see the wheels turning a little more with, with Newman. I wanted to see his thought process just a little bit more. There were, there were too many takes in this movie that I felt like, well, that was the first take. You know, they, they, because Newman, you know, he rehearses, he's actor's studio. He likes to rehearse his scenes, you know, and I know that there were, I felt like there were more takes that, that, Hmm. you know, there's bound to be more takes where we see him going through his thought process a little more and we can follow it a little more. There wasn't a lot of listening in this movie. I thought that, you know, Aiello and Ticotin and Wall and everybody else are doing some, some great scene work. And I just wanted more from Asner and Newman in this. Not that they were bad, but sometimes they're just so quick on the uptake. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of two shots in this. There's not a lot of like cut to a close up, cut to a close up. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if those were left out and they just went with a lot of like um, master shots or something. Mm-hmm. But that's usually when usually actors like Newman wait for the, the medium shot or the close up to do, to put the thoughts on the face and give us the sort of the, Take us from connect the dots of what the character's thinking. You don't get a lot of this. You do get mm. it in the scene between Newman and Ticotin at the at, at the bar when he takes them on the first date. And that's why I think that's the strongest scene. 
and maybe they were trying to play up the fact that he he's been doing this for so long and he's he's a very instinctual cop and he knows these people mm-hmm. and he sees a guy wielding yeah, a knife he doesn't think he's like all right you know what this guy's loony i'm gonna <laughs> pretend that i'm loony now that was which the I thought weirdest was, scene but it was great <laughs> that was wild so i enjoyed weird. it i did but too like, but i was he, it was very surprising but he's just a guy who's who who, who he struck me as a guy who doesn't think he reacts and things happen, yeah, and he's like, you know what? I see this perp. Yeah. I'm going to turn my car. I'm going to chase him. I'm going to jump out. I'm going to do this. It's just, I don't have, you're saying someone's pregnant? No, we don't have time to get her to a hospital. I'm going to deliver this baby right now. He acts all on instinct. Yeah, he's just yeah. driven to do. Yeah, I, you're probably right, Fred. That's probably what he, because Newman's such a smart actor, and I kept going, why isn't he, why don't I see him listening and responding more? Why don't I see him, like, why does he seem to be ignoring <laughs> Stimuli. So interesting. Is, you know, I did not. But it's get probably that. that I didn't get that. From, from and I think by when yeah, you get to the I, end, when he's got to make that decision, that when he's really, when things are really weighing down on him about, you know, turning oh, so an Aiello, yeah. then he starts to slow down a bit, I feel like. Right. Um, but yes, you're right. Yeah. Oh, God, that, that ending. Terrific. You know, he's walking through those w- literal wastelands. Yeah. And yeah. I was so, I was moved almost to tears by that. I thought that was. Yeah, beautiful and sad and, and and kind of moving. And yeah, and then to see that rolled up carpet to be like the whole reason everything in this movie basically yeah. happens. The impetus, you never, the, the inciting, inciting incident from incident. the beginning of the movie. It was like a red herring. Boom. Like nothing, never, she's never caught, never comes into play. They never figure out who killed those cops. All the escalation that occurs as a result of that is rolled up in this old rug amidst the rest of the trash it was yeah. really powerful Again, it's just like the futility of it all the you know it's just gonna, yes. it's just gonna yep. keep going it's gonna keep happening well how many sheilas i uh i, I think like i might this. do like a seven and a half me too yeah i'm with you fred i was gonna go seven i was gonna go seven too but i'm gonna go i'll i'll i really like paul seven, newman in it i mean it really i thought he was wonderful between this and the sting again i really I, I i started to beat myself up a bit about it being like why do i i need to go back and yeah you feel and, like you've missed out on something that's, yeah. uh, that's how i feel too i'm like oh god i gotta go look at the verdict i gotta look at all these i other didn't pay him enough and, attention he's right in the wheelhouse of all those actors studio method you know quote unquote method actors of this era but he he kind of yeah he gets left out of the you know Pacino, De Niro, Keitel's yeah. um, mix sometimes because so handsome. he's because he, because he's so handsome. He's such the pretty boy. Um, but no, the more I think about it, you guys are mm-hmm. right. He 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 is doing that. He's he's too smart to not be doing what you're describing and just going like, I'm going to take thought process out of the mix deliberately just because he's got to be an animal of instinct. For whatever the uh, the uh, the atmosphere and the, the 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 time that he's spent in this job and the place that he's working has done to him, he's got this st- very mm-hmm. st- kind of strong, clear moral center that just I think his yeah. decision making and you know, I, I think he does he just acts on an instinctual level to some degree. Yeah, nothing felt false from him to me. I have been in this business fifty two years, and I will. I've never seen anything like this. Ah, when is this phone? Uh, we're just sitting by the okay. phone here. Which I okay. feel like so. Feel like me through all of high school. All right. So, <laughs> so you're used to this. Good. So, all right. Hang on a second. Okay. So, where are we? Who are we? Who are you? Who am I? What is this? How much? Not enough. Here it is. Oh, God. Sheila. 
what our super fan Sheila was hybridized. She's half murder hornet. She now is in the Pacific Northwest and she's in perfect hibernation. We have since found out that super villain QS, who we later found out was Richard Dreyfus, is going up there because he's her ex-boyfriend and is trying uh, to suck her out of the trees. She has no idea because she's in her perfect hibernation. We were hoping that the arthropod squad, Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson, Geppetto, Tote, Jacob Joseph, uh, Eustace, and Dr. Malo, and Adam, who's been ha also hybridized in his half hardwolf, they tried to get up there in a wacky racist kind of ball run type fashion and they've been waylaid somehow, probably by, allegedly by QS, allegedly. <laughs> our best strategy here, our best strategy that we as three, you know, uh, uh, forthright, intelligent men in their 40s could come up with is to call the Nick Nolte of the past, who is the closest thing we know to a superhero since he was inter under consideration for Richard Donner's Superman, and have him square off against QS slash Richard Dreyfus to try to convince him not to go up there and suck the nest, the queen nest, out of the trees, as people are doing, as we're reading about in all these news reports. Square off over the phone. Over the phone is so our like, best thing that we can so come it, up with. It's not going to be like a Danny Aiello, Paul Newman style street brawl. No. They're just going to have to talk it out. It's going to have to be a verbal version of that, <laughs> which knowing these it's two. Very, it's, it's very COVID. It's okay. going to be like, we're just uh, going to do it over Zoom and uh, 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 have it out. Right. <laughs> In order to facilitate this, I have reverse engineered the time phone. Where we where um, we were able to call Nick Nolte last week. Listen to that episode if you want to hear that scintillating conversation. But we have <laughs> uh, set this up so that Nolte will call in. All right, he's calling in in a couple minutes. So we have baited, hopefully, the Queen Sucker to call in. Oh, oh wait, okay. Regular oh phone is ringing. Regular phone. Regular is phone. ringing. Okay, oh, so that means hopefully could be anybody. Hopefully it could be anybody. Could be the Sarah yes. Law could be you know it could be anybody but i have a stinking feeling and a sinking feeling and a good feeling that this is we have baited qs richard dreyfus the queen sucker hello you're on the opening weekend podcast with dan jason and fred who is this please yes. i think you know who this is Sayer of the flaw, it's so good to hear from you. Oh, wait, oh, no, wait. a second. This is... <laughs> That's is QS. This, is this QS, the queen sucker? You can this call me Dreyfus? Mr. Dreyfus. Or Miss Mr. Holland, if you're nasty. <laughs> Mr. Holland, if you're nasty. I don't know who this sayer of the flaw is. I don't listen to your podcast like Sheila did. Oh, please, you listen Sheila. to it obsessively. You know you do. You know you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here right yeah, now. Yeah, I like the Beach Street episode, but that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> you were originally cast. I auditioned cast. for the graffiti artist in that. I should have got it. That was my white whale. <laughs> oh my but I didn't listen to it. I don't know your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I, no, I read that interview where you said, you said, Dreyfus never hits the third rail. I know you said that. <laughs> oh, why must you bait me again? Insult after insult. It wasn't bad enough you stole my sweet Sheila. <laughs> oh, God. And if I can't make love to her again, no one will. You really are a supervillain. I don't. I don't consider myself a supervillain. I'm an actor. I take the point of view of, of the, my character. I'm just a human being. I'm just a human being with wants and needs and Oscars. That doesn't. And Emmys. Do I have an Emmy? I should have an Emmy. <laughs> you should. You have one Oscar. One. You do not have plural Oscars. Oh wait, wait. Hang on a second. Okay. The time phone is ringing. Mr. Dreyfus, hang on, please. Hang on. No, the time phone hang is on, ringing. On. Yes, hello. You're on the opening weekend podcast. Who is this calling in on the time phone? 
Some sanity, yeah, Lumpy. Make, yeah, yeah, sure. He make, tries. Make, <laughs> make sure you keep him on track. Keep him to hear what he's here to do, which is to convince. You know what he's here to do. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, look, Dreyfus, you ever? Yeah, I know you have memories of this uh, this little filly when back when she was a human, uh, whatever. But uh, now she's. Uh, you ever have? Yeah, yeah, believe me, you ever have sex with a bee? You ever done it? Cause I have. <laughs> I've had sex with a bunch of bees. You have? How did that go? That couldn't well, have gone I, well. I, 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 I thought it was a spaceship. I hit. I saw a nest of some sort. I hit it with a, a bat. It was a hive. And then uh, for some reason, because I had something was smeared on my genitals, and they, I don't remember what I, I can't remember. I might have come from White Castle or something, but they all went for one area and it felt like sex, but it was just the bees attacking. I don't want to have sex with Sheila. Our relationship wasn't purely based on the carnal you no, I'm not surprised. Uh, Neanderthal. I, would, I just figured you were like, all jealous I and stuff. I want the respect you know. I deserve. Well, how I are you going to get that? Sheila. How are you going to get that, boy? Yeah, how are you going to get that? By killing a, a, a million, thousands, millions of innocent murder hornets up in the Pacific yeah, Northwest? My voice will be heard. My voice will finally be heard. By, what, by a bunch now. of bees? I don't understand your game plan. <laughs> Coming from me, that's his argument. I don't understand the logic of your train of thought. God damn it. That's, that's saying a lot if Nolte can't follow the logic. Look, <laughs> no. Jason speaks hornet ease. If you need the hornets to hear something, he can translate. That's Other than very that, true. you have a forum right here to say what you wish, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Dreyfus, and Mr. Nolte and Lumpy can help you with that. We're here to help. <laughs> All I want is the love of my Sheila back. She was stolen from me by this podcast. There's no attention paid to Ricky anymore. Uh, Who are you, Willie Loman? Attention must be paid. (laughs) Good paid Willie Loman. I would have been a brilliant Willie Loman. I'm playing Biff next next March at the... uh, are they, are they looking uh, for the a Willie? Ottawa community. They might be. <laughs> they were, <laughs> I'm looking for my own Willie. Uh, you know what I mean? It's He's all, it's like a crazy nub ever since the bee attack. Are they taking self-tapes? Because I, 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 I'd be happy to do it. I can, it'd be great to work together I again. We should, I think we should collaborate again. Exactly, exactly. I didn't have such a bad time with you, Dry Puss. I thought we... <laughs> 
I know we got along no, just fine. You used to drive me bonkers when you'd call me that on the set. Drive pushes. <laughs> look at all drive Worse than Robert Shaw. But oh, you are irascible. Irascible, Nick Nolte. Hey, hey listen, if it sounds like we're coming to an agreement here, and we're coming to a little bit. If you guys can put this, <laughs> this production of Death Salesman together. I didn't know. Will you, will you, Richard Dreyfus, Mr. Dreyfus, will you please back off on Sheila and just wait, be patient? She'll come out of hibernation in a few months and then you can restore your relationship. Maybe your we can even come. convince Dr. Malone to restore her, her humanity. What do you think of that plan? If there, was, the if there was a way that I could just be with Sheila again to have a second chance, that's all I need. I see what you've done there, be with Sheila. You could to be, yeah, you be. You want Dr. Merlot to make you a BB boy. Oh, we could do it that way, too. We could hybridize you. you. Then we could fly the skies <laughs> together. We would always be together. She would be my good bee girl. Oh. Do you see what I did there? I did a movie. I, did. I won the Oscar uh, for yeah, it. What? Yeah, yeah, we know. What do you want? Oh, you won for that? No. Oh, I won the Oscar. When did you win the Oscar, Nick Nolte? I'm sorry, I'm getting upset. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, I don't need no Oscar. I have. Mm, I have taught you so much, and in turn, I'm learning from you. <laughs> you just like Mr. Holland. All right. Well, we have a we have the 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 skeleton of a plan here. We have the makings of some sort of plan. But listen, boy, listen, boy. We did have a good time, buddy. So if you could put together a way, I get. I guess I'll just call with the car. If we can, and you, you know, we can, you know, I can, I can, uh, I can go to, uh, can, <laughs> I go to, uh, I gotta, I can go to Kinko's, and I could, uh, I could print me off a script. I guess. I, hesitantly and reluctantly, I am willing to work with you once again, Nikki. Oh, thank God! And I am willing to hold off God. on my nefarious plan to suck the queens if. You could perhaps speak to Dr. Merlot about figuring out a way to bring me and my Sheila together once again. I think we can do all of these things. Mr. Dreyfus, do you have any idea about the whereabouts of the arthropod squad? Because Dr. Merlot is with them. And if to bring this to fruition, you, you know, in hybrid happenings, you seem to indicate that you had captured them, dispatched with them. Where are they? They're in my bungalow in Palm Springs. (laughs) I really thought you were going to say something else. Please. I have a thought, if Please, I may Fred. jump in. Who this? <laughs> no, this this is Fred. I'm the other host of the podcast. Oh, We've spoken yeah, here yeah, and there a little bit. God damn it, I know. I just want to, you know, clarify a lot of voices in my let, head. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me ask you both something. Let me ask you something, Mr. Dreyfus, if I may. Go ahead. <laughs> I like you. I like the sound of your voice. I like the timbre. Okay, thank you. Jeffrey um, Tambor, where the hell is he? We discussed this earlier. I just want to get to the root of this. I've been taking therapy myself. Hmm. Mr. Dreyfus, what's the matter you? <gasps> Yay! <gasps> Why are you looking so sad? Yay! It's a not so bad. Yay! <laughs> Damn, I don't know the rest of the words. Keep going. It's, it's a, a nicer nice place. place. Hey, hey, hey. Shut up shut your, up face. your face. You're right. Perhaps I do need to shut my face up. <laughs> this has been... Absolutely educational. My goodness, the the sweet tunes and lyrics of Joe Dolce <laughs> so have sweet. turned my way of thinking around. 
perhaps, perhaps, Ricky, s- you do need to shut up in your face. <laughs> you, you, things are not so bad. You still have Sheila. She, she might be not the Sheila that, that you remember, but she's still Sheila. She could be yours. You still have a career. Right, You're right. an Oscar winner. That's right. Ricky, shut up in your face. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Shut up your face. <laughs> yes. I this is just correct. woke up and I, this... <laughs> I realized. Yeah, but this is true. We must all shut up in our faces. Yes, yeah, It's all about us and me, me and my face and your face. And no, if we've learned anything from this podcast, it's shut up in your face. <laughs> shut up in your face. Gentlemen, <laughs> you, I have taught you the pleasures of my brilliant acting, and in turn, you have taught me... You are my Max Bixford. <laughs> you are my Mr. Holland. And for that, I thank you. I feel renewed. He's renewed. He's redeemed. Gentlemen, yes. I'm going to run to the bungalow now. I'm oh, going to Jesus. release the arthropod squad. Yay. Thank you That's so terrific. much, gentlemen. And now, I've had a bit too much coffee. I'm going to have a close encounter of the turd kind. <laughs> Wow. I give you a you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Yes, you Goodbye, later, Mr. Dreyfus. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, and he's gone. Wow, he's gone. Well, thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Nolte, yeah, Mr. Nolte's gone. Still he's, here. Oh, he, no, he's still, still here. Still here. <laughs> still here. Thank you, Mr. Still Nolte. Still here. Thank what are you, we doing lucky. now? We go, we're we're going to say goodbye for now. <laughs> yeah, we got to wrap up, Nick. I got okay. The- have have fun well, at the. I have uh, a cape on. I didn't even do anything. Well, I, and, and I had a cape on, <laughs> like old Shakespeare times. But you were eating a small chicken. I ate this small chicken that I found. That's, well, I mean, well, that's probably pigeon meat. But <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that's a pigeon. But that's Lumpy and I say like, oh, shall we have a cape on tonight? And it's like, well, whatever you can, whatever you can fetch him from under that tire. <laughs> I like that you guys like to get fancy with it. That's what we try our best. Let me read you from a book of poems. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Thank God. He was about to he's about to go into some Walt Whitman, I think. Thank wow. goodness he's okay. Well, boy, that what is you, that was something, huh? Yeah. You're right, Fred. It does change lives. That's why people need to listen and subscribe, right? Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope they will after listening to that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> if they could follow it. I don't know why. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, I'm one of the co-hosts and I and I literally just unsubscribed and <laughs> well, I, I just took, a way to you're trying to refresh stars. stars. Trying to yeah, see, like, yeah. Is there a way to no, yeah, I, I, no. This is good. I, 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 I this, 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 there's a nice uh, sense of of calm now. I feel like things might come back to the natural order because right. things have been tense for a while. They have been. Things and have I'm been tense. I'm glad. Yeah, for a I feel return. like I feel like everyone just needs to rest for a little bit and you know let be, let yeah, be. That's beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone for listening. Uh, next week we're coming back with a new episode. Uh, February fifteenth. 1991 is the date we are traveling back to and three movies that opened on that date. John Goodman as King Ralph, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd in Nothing But Trouble, which I've heard wonderful things about. Uh And uh, we'll be uh, rewatching The Silence of the Lambs with Anthony (gasps) Hopkins and Jodie Foster, which descent into horror will will we uh, will we be most disturbed by find out next week, everybody. Dan, what do you got for us? Yes, Fred, give me a little big mouth and I'm going to try to 
try to uh, to to Ooh. to replicate that in fart form. You might remember from the opening of the episode, it goes a little like this: <laughs> Big mouth built a house, yeah. Big mouth built a house, yeah. He lived in a dump and he made it out of junk. Big mouth built a house, yeah. He didn't know what to do. A boy smelled his butt and said, "P.U. Take it now, Dan. Go." <laughs> Hey! <laughs> oh my god! That was um, beautiful. That was amazing. And it that fits because my- he smells his butt at the end. It exactly. Fits. That was it, my childhood oh. in fart form, well, which is redundant in many ways. But <laughs> your childhood is a fart form. <laughs> The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Oh,